Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Animation Station podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gavin. I'm the other host, Josh. Woohoo! So, we have an amazing movie to talk about this week, a movie that is brand new to me, and I'm so excited to get into it, but we have a few other things to talk about first. So, Josh, how's your week going, man? It's so weird. So just keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> um. Well, it was uh, pretty good. Watched uh, watched a cool anime movie. Been catching up on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Watched a uh, little Psychic School Wars that has hardly yeah, you, anything to do with psychics. You showed me the trailer. A lot to do with school and nothing to do with a war. Yeah, you showed me the trailer and it looks very. Um, it's very bright. High school vibrant. dramatic and filled with bright colors and poppy music, mm-hmm. and it looks pretty entertaining. I was expecting it to be like Summer Wars, oh, okay. and we were going to have like massive battles and everything, yeah. but it's like, nope, straight love story, here you go. And I was like, Man, there you go. perfect, It's Even almost like, it's, like it should have been like Mind Games or something like that, but it translated to Psychic Wars. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know how to say the Japanese, it's like it's Neko Gonker or something. Nekagonko. That, that's, I mean, that's what we'll cats, call it from now. But, you know. Which one of those is cat? Neko. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know the Japanese. <laughs> uh, fun fact, uh, Tai and Kari in Digimon, their cat was named Neko. Oh, that is a fun fact, Josh. I actually think his name was, it was American, so I think it was Nico. Oh, okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I've been uh, watching a little bit of animation this week, too. Like as I'm finally making the concerted effort to go from A to Z and watch all of Gravity Falls. Which I had only watched, you know, I'd I'd probably watched about two-thirds of the show um, in its entirety, but I never really did the sequential A to Z thing. So I'm doing that now, and we tend to watch like one or two episodes every night as we eat dinner. So we're kind of, we're getting through it at a pretty decent pace. But I wouldn't say that we're marathoning it um, as of yet. But, man, it's a good show. It's it really is. fun. I love the color palette in it. I love the characters. The um, jokes. Both good and evil. The the jokes are good. Who have you met really... that's evil? Have you... Well, um, you certainly the um, the Summerween trickster. Oh, yeah. And I guess he kind of becomes a sympathetic character in the end, but... I've met well. You showed me Bill. I haven't yeah. actually gotten to the episode with him yet. I mean, in some ways, Gideon's well, they're, they're, they're evil. 
Pacifica in her own way is kind of evil. I mean, we're not talking like true evil. We're just talking about like good guys, bad guys. Pacifica's just rich. She's she's a snob. And her dad's Nathan is. Fillion. Is that who plays her dad? Yes. That's awesome. I love the Fillion. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Haven't been up to much else besides, you know, just hanging out with you tonight. And yeah. being at and, work and forever. Work. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long week at work. So this I've been looking forward to this night all week and I'm glad we're watching movies, hanging out. It's awesome. Yep. We yeah. have a little bit of news to talk about. The only real thing of him well, we had the uh Beauty and the Beast picks. Yeah, all those Beauty and the launched. Beast picks from was it from Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly? Weekly? Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know, I don't get all excited about still frames from movies before they come out. It doesn't really do much for me. I I think it's kind of neat to see, oh, okay, this is kind of what it's going to look like. But we kind of already knew that. And I'd rather have specific costumes and yeah. scenery revealed in the movie. So I tend to not look at that kind of stuff. I'm not a big trailer watcher. But I know a lot of people flipped out over it. And I'm excited for those people that get excited for those things. Yeah, uh, did you did you have any opinions on the Beast? Honestly, I did not look okay. closely at the Beast, almost intentionally. So, because I'd rather just have it revealed to me in the movie. Yeah, the so. only the only cool picture that I thought was when it's this one. It looks like it's in like the pub, mm -hmm. and it's Gaston on the table. Oh and he's, yeah, like, pointing, and it looks like they pulled it from Les Mis. Yeah, it, looks, it, it kind of like, looked oh, to me really cool. like they pulled it from um, the Patriot. That's what it reminded yeah, me of. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, it it didn't scream Beauty and the Beast to me that picture. But you know, it's different than the the animated film, and yeah. they're they're trying to make some things very different, and some things they're trying to make very similar. I so. like Emma Watson's dress. It looked very the, very Belle. Was it the Bonjour? The yeah, blue the dress. One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I did see I that, that one. Was, I that thought was, that was kind of nice. That's pretty cool. Her yellow it's dress definitely is just a throwback. Like it. it's yellow. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a throwback to the animated film. So, and that will actually tie into something we're going to talk about at the very end of this episode. So, nice. if you guys are Beauty and the Beast fans, stay tuned until the very end, and we got a big surprise. Anyway, uh, what else you got for news? Uh, had a little bit of news coming out of Disney this week. Um, well, I mean, there's there was some, but animated wise. Uh, Big Hero 6, they finally released the majority of the cast for the animated uh, animated series. Yeah, I'm so excited about this idea. I think it'll make for a great series. Um, apparently it's set to premiere in sometime in 2017. It's going to be on Disney XD. Awesome. Which, XD is like Disney's... Extreme! Extreme! Channel. We can get away <laughs> with more stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, Gravity Falls moved to XD. I think it premiered on the Disney Channel, but oh, they really? moved it to XD so that they could do some extra stuff. Nice. Like when that clip I sent you of Grunkle Stan saying, you know, meet for the apocalypse because we're all going to die. Oh, right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, and like it, everything in Star, mm -hmm. that show's so, like, what the heck. Yeah, it's, it's off the wall, and yeah, I can, I can see why... They would need kind of a separate channel to make yeah, some of their more edgy stuff. It's kind of like their very, very young version of Cartoon Network. Yeah, Because sure. of all the crazy garbage that's on Cartoon Network right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's going to premiere sometime in 2017. Do, and Does that mean it comes out before or after the Tangled series premieres? When um, does that premiere? 
Do you know? I think spring. Is it? I think it's so it was. cool that both of them are getting a series. But I mean, honestly, Big Hero awesome. Six. I can see them waiting until the fall. Mm, no, probably summer. Really? Because they want to kick in with all of the Marvel movies that are releasing. Oh, maybe. So yeah. I can see them. You know, maybe June, July. Mm-hmm. They premiere that. Probably, actually, probably August when nice. all the new stuff rolls out. Probably Sweet. pop it in August. How many um, how many Marvel movies are there next year? There's just two, right? I think there's three. You got Guardians two, and mm-hmm. you got Ragnarok, and what else? Maybe that's it. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like Marvel, so I don't pay any attention we, to them. We should ask Liam. Liam, tell us tell us how many Marvel Marvel movies come out next year because we don't know. Anyway, Liam doesn't keep listen going. to this. Josh, tell us how many Marvel he movies. Does you guys? He's he's on there like five seconds after I post <laughs> the episode. He's like, boom! Already sent stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're ready to move it into whatever's next. What is next? Next, we're going to be talking about... The movie. Padma Inverted. Oh, my gosh. Josh Kane, this movie blew my mind. Right? Okay. It's so good. Okay, so, I'm going to let you talk about it a little I have, bit. I have a little I'm going bit of stuff. go crazy. Um, it's, uh, Padma Inverted was a 2013 Japanese film directed by... Oh, boy. Um... You got it. Yashihiro Yoshi... Mm. Uh, you had it. Yashihiro Yoshiura. Yes! There got we it. Go. Um, <laughs> it's uh, from Purple Cow Studios Japan, mm-hmm. which the only other thing that I saw that they've done was they did like a three-part OVA for Yokozora, uh, Yokozora Quartet, mm-hmm. which you don't know anything Is about. that a manga? It is a manga that I read. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wish they would. I so they haven't really done anything. much feature animation. No, uh, this is like their only feature Blows animation. Blows me away, because this was ridiculous. Okay, keep going. Um, it is uh, distributed by G-Kids here in America, which cool. they did uh, distributed Summer Wars, Cat in Paris, and Secret Accounts. Is that how you became aware of this? Is because they're the same people that distributed Summer Wars? Yeah, I actually, I think in my Summer Wars box set that i got i mean uh-huh. it came from funimation right but there was a little insert in there uh, that had like secret or Ke- like that little thing that i showed yeah. you it had secret or Kells, but it also had padma inverted mm-hmm. and i was like i wonder what that is so always just, look at those inserts yeah kids. so just like <laughs> randomly i went on amazon and i think it was like 15 dollars. it was on sale so it was like eh, you know 15 bucks that was when i had money to throw around sure, for random sure. stuff so it's like 15 bucks that's not bad yeah. Bought it. It was like, oh my gosh, that this movie. That is a steal at twice the price. I'm going to go into the story just a little bit because I've seen this movie multiple times. And mm-hmm. going into it the first time, you really have to give it another watch yes. just to catch – there's little subtle things in the movie that you have to watch it again in order to pick these things up. Right. And it doesn't make it's, – it's, it is hard to follow. There's a lot of information that's being thrown at you. I mean, there's definitely slow points in the movie, but they're constantly throwing info at you the whole entire time. Yeah, the concept is continually unfolding as you watch. And if any of you guys just watch this for the first time, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Because when I, as soon as this movie ended, I said, Josh, explain this movie to me. I have to know because it's a mind bender. Okay, go ahead. So we start and the year was, what was it, 20? I, depending 50, on the day, I think it was now. 51 years in the future, but at the time it would have been 54 years in yeah. the future. There is a some sort of event that happens 
and it's explained later on that there's like a science experiment and something went horribly wrong an accident they're trying they were trying to harness the earth's gravity for natural energy and for whatever reason something happened and it completely inverts gravity for not everything i would say we'll just say because it's not really said 50 percent we'll just say 50 percent of everything yeah gravity inverted so buildings fly up into the sky people fly up into the sky presumably to death Mm -hmm. pretty much right kind of went dark there Mm -hmm. um so we go and we meet our one of our protagonists padma right and she is a little girl who lives underneath like kind of like in this abandoned like looks like like a nuclear silo right yeah it's very um it looks like a refinery or Mm -hmm. some kind of factory but it's all underground. underground yeah it reminded me of what's that city that's underground in the Matrix that they go to in the second Matrix. Oh, God, are you what kidding is it me? called? Uh, it kind of reminded me of that, where it's very industrial and they've kind of made it work for this civilization that they've built down there. I don't remember. I want to say it had like a biblical name or something. Yeah, didn't it? it's something. Anyway, we'll think of it. Keep yeah. going. So, Padma goes out and she's this kind of, you know, tomboy, you know, she's explorer. an explorer, yeah. And. One day she goes out and she runs into this bat person, mm-hmm. and it's a person who's basically standing on the ceiling. Creepy. So she ends up falling over, and basically from her angle she falls. Mm-hmm. So then we meet our second protagonist, Agee. Mm-hmm. He's on the surface world. And I don't think you mentioned it, but Padma is a girl. Padma is a girl. Agee's yeah. a boy. Is Agee's a boy? Yeah. Um, Ag has blue eyes. Padma has red eyes. Were they red? I saw them as purple. Well, Padmas were kind. Of, well, they kind of like depending on the light. Okay. Like kind of like in, a magenta. Sometimes Ags were maroon. like almost purple. Okay. Um, so we have Ag. He's on the surface world, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like laying out by this fence where there's this big, huge crater. And he finds sees this backpack that's like floating on the fence. Yeah, he's on the perimeter of, of they of call this, it the danger zone yeah or? the danger zone yeah right so okay very... that sounded a little danger too top zone. gun to yeah. sound right but yeah that's what they call it um the forbidden zone. yeah the danger zone <laughs> what's that dark shadowy place over there oh we <laughs> must never, never go there, there. <laughs> it's not the graveyard keep, keep See, he's on the... wow <laughs> um so he sees this backpack and then he sees this girl climbing up to get the backpack and then she slips and, but not climbing up. But climbing, not climbing up. She, well, she's, climbing up, she's, but she's upside she's down. She's climbing up, but she's upside down. Right. And so she almost falls. And so this is how Ag meets Padma. Mm-hmm. And the whole time in this movie, gravity is like the constant, one of the constant threats of right. the movie. Because for Padma, she can fall up, basically shoot up into the sky right. from Ag's perspective, and she's just gone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we go a little bit further on into the movie where it's reversed. Mm-hmm. So A.G. has to, you know, like hold on to Padma or else he's going to plummet to his death. Yeah, and the cool thing that they do is when they travel to different areas, they, they literally flip, flip the camera view. They, they flip the whole horizon 180 and your perspective gets shifted to either a, a, a ground view or a ceiling view. And... It's amazing when they do that because it really bends your perception of the scene itself 
and helps you to see it through that other character's eyes, which they've been seeing it that way up to that point. And you flip and you're like, oh, this is what they're seeing right now. And it's amazing how different a scene can look flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. And oh, they do such a good job with and, that. And uh, at the very end, A.G. does say that, imagine this from Padma's view. Yeah. It's like, yeah. imagine what she's seeing. She's upside down the whole entire right, time. Right, right. And we kind of see that a little bit because we, mainly we're on A.G.'s point of view. Yeah, you're you're your led main, to believe that that, that is, is the this, surface, this is the, correct the, way. the correct right side up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But then at the very end of the movie, they give you that plot twist yeah. where Padma's people are actually right side up because mm-hmm. there's this basically this whole almost cult like communist like type yeah. world that has of Iga. That has been created. Yeah. Basically saying the people that flew up into the sky were these like heathens and they were, Mm -hmm. they pissed God off and he plucked them out of the sky. Mm -hmm. So they think that all these inverted, like Padma's people, they call them inverteds, are these horrible, horrible, are you wearing three shirts? I, I do that in the fall, winter months. It's like 90 degrees in here. It is nice and cozy in here, it's yeah. It's super hot. I'm sweating. But where we work, they apparently store sides of beef out in the open, so they keep it at like 20 degrees no, Fahrenheit. No, it's wonderful where we work. It's terrible. I hate it. I freeze all day. So when I come over to your place and I wear three layers, I'm nice and cozy and warm. So, I'm glad we don't, anyway, I'm glad we don't continue. film this in your place. Because <laughs> you kept it like a balmy 81 degrees. Mm, I like warmth. Where were we? <laughs> um, we were talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, the cult. Perception. So we think that Padma's people are these inverts the whole entire movie. Mm-hmm. But, again, at the end, they flip that script on us. Yeah, they do. And Agee's people are actually the people that live underground, that were forced underground yeah. due to this massive apocalypse. It's such a mind blower. And there's this scene kind of in the middle of the movie where there's this really climactic, um, I found it very stressful event and basically, A.G. and um, Padma jump towards each other to save each other from this situation. It's basically, super the, cool. They've got that the s- it's jerk slow-mo. leader. Yeah, it's, it's this really it, cool slow mo. It's like grab each Matrix other. or something. Yeah, and then as soon as they meet and hug, they rocket up from ag's perspective they rocket up into the sky. Mm. From her perspective, she's falling she's straight falling down straight into down. a groundless, you know, existence. And as they rise through the quote-unquote atmosphere, they they start to see through the clouds the stars. And that that whole world of Eiji could look up and see the stars. Well, as they get closer and closer and closer, they start to realize they're not stars. That's another city. And And when they land on the surface of that city, that's when my mind just fully exploded. And I, I could not believe that this movie existed and i'm so happy it does yeah like, because this is this is like great science fiction mm-hmm. storytelling and you just don't see that enough in the world of animation i don't think yeah it's, it, it's definitely it's a sci-fi so love story good. comedy yeah it oh my gosh this movie's amazing so that was another like just mind-blowing moment and and i think this movie is filled with them and they just they kind of keep flipping the horizon, flipping the horizon, flipping the horizon, mm-hmm. telling you more and more story, revealing it bit by bit until the very end when you're just like, what in the world? How can we 
how can I have had everything I thought I knew up to this point be completely flipped again? Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's ridiculously crazy. And it's got a love story. It does. It the, does. The, one of the first times that Padma and uh, A.G. meet, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, here it is. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, it, it hooked it. Josh Kane real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and when she reaches out to grab his hand and, and he kind of walks over there slow and then grabs her hand and has uh-huh. a little, little cheek blush like you mentioned. that Yeah. I was the, like, the, this the is where you got hooked right like, here. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, and this this movie has a lot of really good funny moments. Like, yeah. probably my f- favorite moment in the film is when they're playing this dramatic music. <laughs> the yeah, first like, a, like Ag has to go to school mm-hmm. because you know if he's absent, you know they're gonna you know bad things will happen. Right. So he has to go to school, so he has to leave Padma alone for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he promises to come back, and she's like, "Okay, dramatic music." She's like. You do promise to come back. It just music just stops. Just yeah. like grounds. It's like stop. It's like yeah, yeah, I'll come back. She's like okay. And then music the music swells again. Yeah. again. She's like really? Are you you really have to come back? And she's like yeah, yeah, I got, I got, it. I'm gonna and the come music back. Music cuts out. Again. Music cuts back. It yeah. starts for another second. It's like bum. Oh, and I'm hungry too. So can you bring some food? <laughs> He's like my gosh. It's really a really funny device to use the music as the comedy there mm-hmm. because the music. It's almost like the music is saying. Oh, you interrupted me, you know, and yeah. just stopping. Can it's you really that funny. Happened, like in a Disney movie. Well, I, you know, they kind of did it a little bit, like in uh, Spaceballs. You know, like when uh, the prin- like you, princess you, is coming down the. I said Disney. Disney. I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of Disney because Spaceballs is better. So yeah. Oh, okay. Keep going. Where Princess Vespa's walking down the aisle when she's about to get married to Prince Valium. And they're like, bum, 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 bum. And she's like, but daddy. And it's like, like all the music just stops Uh, again. Yeah, kind of like with that. Kind of, but more punchy and dramatic in this case. Just like, so I'm dying to talk about the look of this movie. Yes. Let's talk about this artwork. Wow. This movie is spectacular. It's so beautiful. They really leverage the use of. Um, focus and blurriness and lens flare and like real like camera work like kind of movie. or filmography or not um, um, what's the word I'm looking for cinematography okay. effects in this animated film and it gives you such a clear understanding of you know atmospheric things that are going on there's that one scene where she shines her light up through that silo and you see it ref- glinting all off of dust. all the dust that's yeah. that's floating up through that silo just spectacularly done and the design work of all the sets and all the textures and you know when you're on ag's level it's it's all very clean and manicured and programmed and stark and then when you're in her world there's a lot of gritty there's yeah. there's rust and actual aging on things and stains and there's some crumbling that's going on and and you know it feels like a more i guess rustic environment and you know the things that they do with the clouds and just the sky and and the sun and the stars quote unquote stars mm-hmm. everything about it was just so well thought out and they they really just put a lot of attention into making this a believable world. And I always appreciate that. I've talked about that a number of times on the podcast where if I feel like people actually exist in this space, 
they've done their job. Yeah. You know, I feel like time has passed in this space. It's believable. They've lived and died in this, you know, scene that we're seeing. And man, they just killed it with that. And then we get to the characters, and I think the characters fit seamlessly into this movie. And I feel like they were all created with a unified look so that they all yeah, felt like, all, like they the belonged kids, in the same like story. All of the kids in AG's world, like if you look at them, they've all got the hair is perfectly manicured. Yeah, like the little school yeah, haircut. Yeah, they're, the little, they're little, like, little soldiers pretty much. Yeah. Like, and like all of the girls, like if you notice again, like all have like shoulder length there. None mm-hmm. of it goes below their shoulders. Exactly. It's all like close crop, like military grade. Yeah. And when we go to... Adamus people, mm-hmm. they're just like, you know, whatever. People, yeah, they got all kinds whatever. of different hair, yeah, they, we, and facial not, hair like, and things like that. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, that's, this is, is another thing. There's only, well, I guess there's only two, three grown-up people that we see in, uh, yeah, I mean, we and, like, none see of them have a lot of the grown-up people, but like there are only three or four that ever actually speak and yeah. have a role in the movie. So you got the leader and his right-hand man in AG's world. What's it called again? Iga? Iga. Iga. And then you got the elder and isn't there another adult that we hear from? I guess her, the boy that likes Porsche? her. Or Porta. Yeah. Not the he's, car. He's not really a, an adult. I don't know. Anyway, there's yeah, not. Yeah, really not. Either. It's really there's, a there's small a, cast. Uh, like there are people. Lagos. There are people around that, you know, are doing things around them. But the cast itself, that the story you know, takes place around is very small. And I love that because you get a lot of character development. And I think that, you know, visually they tell a lot of the story, you know, you get so much of that by the things that AG, AG has to wear. And you get a lot of the story from the things that Padma and her kinfolk wear in, mm-hmm. in their environment. And man, they just nailed it. The, the color palette, the lighting, the design, the the characters of like, especially the underground. That place looks so cool. It looks oh, like yeah. it's a, it's a lived in place that's been lived in totally. for generations and generations. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go to like Iga and we see like it's all stone. Yeah, it's very. It looks like tenement housing, but like yeah. in a modern kind of concrete design. Yeah, and it's it's also kind of uh, like like I said, going back, it's very like communist Russia. It does seem like, like cause, it's because there's there's those signs that it's like you work good, you mm-hmm. eat good, pretty much. It's like you better work yeah. hard for and, and like you can only. It also reminds me a little bit of Starship Troopers. Yeah, because the whole thing was like the only way to become a citizen is if you enlist in the army. And they're like, yeah. do you want to become a citizen? Just because you go to school here doesn't mean you're automatically going to become a citizen. Mm-hmm. It's very like ooh. So what happens that, if you're not a that citizen? Piped in audio propaganda mm-hmm. going on. It, yeah, it was it was very well told and set up to give you a clear understanding of the differences between those two worlds. Now, I want to talk about one thing with the way that they animated the characters. Yeah, some of the and characters. You, you were you not? Well, well, some of the characters. I was going for are, something are, else, but oh, well, some of the characters are a little rough. There are some scenes like if we move too fast, mm-hmm. there there's definitely limitations. But yeah, I can see some of that. Really, I there's there's not a whole lot of problem. There's really only very minor time like scenes that that actually happens. Mm-hmm. But it's not anything that it's going to horribly detract from the movie. Right. It's so few and far between that you know 
I've seen it just because I've seen it multiple times, so I yeah. know it's there. Yeah. But I mean, watching it for the, did you see any of that? I didn't really pick up on yeah. any of that specifically. I feel like some of the characters might not have been as detailed as the two or three very main characters. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with that because you're always keyed in on the the main yeah, it's one or two characters the whole time. AG, the whole... Even if there are other people around, because of the situation they're in where they're always having, having to grip onto each other so that one or the other doesn't fall off into oblivion, you're all, your eyes are just locked on them just to make sure that they're okay the whole time mm-hmm. because you feel like you want to hold on to them too. And they do a great job of you know, really pulling that emotion out of you. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. The the animation involved in making that convincing. And I was convinced from the first moment to the last moment that gravity was pulling people in opposite directions. And one of the very, very basic um things that you have to do in animation, one of the fundamental skills is what they call squash and stretch and it's the idea that when you take a step you know your form kind of squashes a little and then when you step up it stretches so like you start with a very basic of like a bouncing ball when it hits the ground it flattens a little and then when it boings up it stretches out and becomes tall but if you just had a you know a perfect circle hit the ground and bounce up it's not convincing that it's actually real and hitting the surface and bouncing up. So you have to have some squash and some stretch. Mm-hmm. And that's typical of you know all good animation. They have some sort of element of that in it, and it makes it real. It makes it feel like it's rooted to the ground, that gravity is acting on it, and that you know there's weight to the actual character. And that's one of the things that Disney really pioneered is, is that kind of technique. But then to have characters that are basically only being stretched, there's no squash because they're hanging and juxtaposed with a character grounded by gravity, that was just so fascinating to see how they animated that. And they did it so convincingly. And the way that they had, you know, whoever was upside down from where they were, if if they weren't standing on the ceiling, if they were holding on to the other character, the way that their legs dangled, the way that anything loose on them dangled, it was magical the way they did that. And I never for one second saw even a blink of a moment where it wasn't totally convincing, and that impressed the heck out of me. I felt like they were hanging on for dear life the whole time, and... Man, I, like I feel like I gripped that pillow that's on your couch the <laughs> whole time just to kind of hold on to the characters in some way, and it really reached out and grabbed me. And I, man, they did a great job with that. I would love for them to make a second movie, just because there is a part at the very end where the elder he finds that piece of paper that's tucked in uh, Agee's dad's journal. Mm-hmm, with and the codes on it? It's got codes, and it's got a little longitude and latitude mm-hmm. little bit on there. Yeah. So it's like they're setting something up for a be... continuation. And yeah. we also have, like, there's there's a character that's really, who's in the movie, who's barely explained. And she mm-hmm. doesn't really have that much of a part. It's like that, that girl that's in Agee's class. 
Oh, yeah. Like, she speaks up once. There's, like, only two, a couple kids that, like, talk. But mm-hmm. she speaks up in class, kind of on Eiji's behalf. Right. It's like, it doesn't say anywhere that we can't look. Because, like, the whole point of the whole, which is actually kind of, if you think about it, kind of clever, the uh, Eiji's people, mm-hmm. everyone, they, they're taught to don't look at the sky, look at the ground. Right. Only look at the ground. But technically, since they are flipped, they're always looking at the sky. Yeah, that's true. So it's a little bit of... They don't know it, but Yeah, they, they don't know it, yeah. but they're actually all looking up the whole time. Is she the one that speaks to him on the moving sidewalk yeah, yeah. that like you can't to hear? You, she, he's like completely oblivious yeah. because he okay. just lost Padma. Okay. And yeah, she talks to him, and then she's also like the first girl who's like, huh, Eiji didn't really... It's weird that he would have an accident when they're right. on the little conveyor belt on the school and the... Uh, kid behind her is like don't look up you keep looking at the ground mm-hmm. and then she sees the thing and runs off yeah it's like you could have been something but they just never really mm-hmm. did anything with her character that's why i'm like oh, if they did so a maybe sequel, she could fall in love with the Porta? other guy yeah <laughs> yeah no i think it'd be great to do a sequel for this because you could have them address you know the problem of that original accident, and maybe they find the solution to it. Yeah, maybe that. And code then was a solution. they can find some sort of way to uni- unify themselves because I think an undercurrent of this movie is just basic prejudice of these people are yeah. different, they're completely opposite of us. So we villainize them, we you know are afraid of them, we call them evil, but we don't even understand them. You know, and and it takes these two kids that meet and fall instantly in love is kind of like romeo and juliet you know yeah. they're star-crossed lovers from houses divided or whatever it is uh and literally star-crossed they yeah they <laughs> they meet and they're just like oh yeah you're awesome and they're the ones that help open the eyes of the people around them you know when like you said ag tells everybody you know try and see it from her perspective she's vulnerable she's you know hanging on for dear life here i mean come on and it'd be really cool to see them, you know, play out and have a truly happy ending for everybody. Yeah, I think that'd be really. Because I mean, this this was a good ha- like this was a happy ending. It was a happy ending for the principal players. Absolutely. I, I would like to see them have a right side up kiss because they had that Spider Man kiss that they shared in the blimp <laughs> that they don't show for whatever reason. Yeah. But it's implied considering they're you know literally inches away from each other, mm-hmm. and then if you look, you see her kind of her silhouette like lean forward. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they just kiss. Look at that. <laughs> and Josh Josh Kane had an anime twinkle in his oh, eye yeah, it's like oh the ship <laughs> sailed it's all gone now that's amazing so is there really anything uh notable about this movie that you did not like um like i said the only fact the fact that there's not a second one mm-hmm. that gives me more of the story just because they flesh that world out really really well yeah I agree. They, they leave it open for a sequel um the characters you automatically like, once you meet ag and mm-hmm. figure out just a, you spend five minutes with him, you figure him out. Yeah. You spend five minutes with Padma, you figure her out. Um, Porta, he's kind of like you know he he likes her. Right. It's like that's he that's his character. Um, and like a redemption little a uh, little bit for uh, the the right hand guy. The right hand guy, yeah. Because does I mean, he even get a name in this movie? I, he probably has something. I'll probably on the script, but I don't think he's actually named in the movie. Probably not. Yeah, I but know. I mean, because really, if we think about it, he's the one that shoots Ag's mm-hmm. father. Yeah. 
because he has that flashback, mm-hmm. and you see it through uh, Ag's father through his rifle scope. Oof. So it's like he killed Ag's dad. So he kind of, you know, it's like okay, so I, I killed the dad on bad orders. So and then he ends up saving Ag at the end. Yeah. So there is redemption for a character in this movie. So it's it's all around it's a really good movie. Yeah. The I only agree. problem is that there's no second movie, no follow up. And that's that's high praise for a movie. If if that's the only thing you really criticize is that you want more of it, <laughs> that's pretty high praise. But um, the one thing I did want to mention um, also is the music. Now it probably didn't make much of an impact on you except for that one moment where they clearly made a point of bringing the oh, music no, they, in for comedy they, this, this is one of the movies that since i've seen it so many times i do actually listen yeah. to the music it's there's so a lot cool. of boom music in this. yeah there really is and i feel like it was it's all very much like synthesizer mm-hmm. type music and it all has that sort of cool lounge electronic sort of techno sound to it it, it almost sounds both futuristic and retro at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that because that way, since we don't really have a clear, definite knowledge of when this takes place, yeah. it kind of leaves it open-ended. And I like that they left it, for the most part, as kind of a subtle wash on the scenes instead of you know, a bold player in and of itself. You know, It was kind of just textural in most cases like you said there are some climactic points where it comes in with a boom but a lot like of it when was it, just whenever they do a lot cool. of those pan out shots mm-hmm. they like intensify yeah. that music yeah i yeah I, I thought they did a great job with it. it it reminded me of of really no other animated movie that i've seen and i i really appreciated that so i thought the music was another positive yeah so uh who would you recommend this movie everybody everybody needs to see it if you're an anime fan see this movie if you're not an anime fan because you're not really an anime fan i'm not an anime series fan yeah. i love anime i love like a little feature films little... feature films from japan i love and you know i, I really enjoy getting the chance to watch like i or like i said earlier i've been looking forward to this one really for most of october and definitely all of this week because you know, I already knew what we were going to watch in October, and I'd seen all those movies. This is the first movie in six weeks that is a brand new one for me. Yeah. So, man, I've been anticipating it, and I'm so glad that it delivered. But I love feature animation from anywhere. I have a hard time getting invested in series because I don't personally have a lot of time to devote to them. Yeah. And anime in particular has a tendency Especially to have like five seasons hundreds of, of episodes. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I just I – just, it's just too much, you know, I just don't have the time for it. So that's why I prefer feature. But I would say the only people I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for, and it's just because of pacing and concept, is kids. I mean, I don't know that oh, kids yeah, they... will really get it. And the pacing of it is very, um, you know, pensive. And there's a few scenes that are on a real slow simmer. And I really enjoyed it. I loved those moments. But I think kids would be bored with it. There's not a punchy, funny character. There's not a lot of, you know, upbeat music in it. And so unless you've got, like, some super serious, brooding little kid that wants to just sit and think. If your kid has watched The Last Starfighter, this movie may – they may like this movie. 
Because there's a lot of slow parts in The Last Starfighter. Yeah. Like, if your kid, like, really likes, you know, sci-fi. Yeah. It's a real sci-fi It's a a real sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you otherwise. I think this movie is aces, and I would tell anybody I met to watch it because it is a phenomenal work of art. I really, really enjoyed this one. Plus, the Blu-ray case is clear. Very cool. <laughs> uh, I guess that's a positive. It's a it's a plus when you buy it. It's a plus. Okay. Okay. Cool. So Gavin, you wanna you wanna rate it? Yeah. So Gavin, I always go first. Not always. We've basically made me go first the last fourteen times that we've done 14 it. So times. <laughs> so I'll go first. I ain't scared. No, I want to go first. Okay. Uh, no, we'll go first. <laughs> so out of your Jim Crickets. Yep. What would you give this movie? You know, I am going to think about this one you want to go first? basically all night and day for the next several days, and my score may change. And the reason that I'm not going to give it a five right now really is because I want to think about it. I really want to weigh it against because I'm very selective with my fives, but I'm I am ready to slap four and a half stars on this right out of the gun. Nice. Four and a half. Jiminy Crickets. This movie is great. Thank you, Josh Kane, for showing it to me. No problem. I'm going to give this five Dipper Pines out of five. I figured you would. And and I may upgrade it. I just want to think about it and really mull it over and weigh it against my other films. But, man, so good. It's probably the best $15 I've ever spent. Yeah, bang for your buck right yeah. there. Really um, good. Just, I mean, I've, I've probably watched this like four or five. I mean, I know I watched this with Hannah like – two or three months ago mm-hmm. so when we were like oh you, when you said oh hey i would like to do like an anime movie it's like done got it <laughs> sci-fi and know you'll like it boom yeah. there we go well it makes me excited to show you uh metropolis because i know you've been excited yes. to see that one and there are some very similar things about it that you know, as I watched this movie, I was like, oh, this reminds me of a little metropolis so i'm really excited for you to see that one and you've got it on mini disc on mini disc. Yeah, Do isn't, I? That, isn't that the, yeah, your DVD thing has it on DVD and it's also on mini disc. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. We should watch it on mini disc, not on a DVD <laughs> player. Isn't it like condensed and oh, low, yeah, lower awful. resolution? Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Okay, so we're ready to Let's do some top after five that action. Awesome movie, let's I know. go into a top let's five. Let's rank some top five people. Alrighty. And now for another top five. Okay, you ready to do top five? I say we go into it. I'm ready. So So this week we decided to do, this was really fun for me, (laughs) we decided to do top voice actors in animation. This was a real challenge for me because, you know, watching... You don't watch anime or series. Well, no, but I mean, there, there are voice actors in every single animated movie, basically. Yeah. And it's, but it's tougher because, you know, like you said... With Disney films, you don't really necessarily get familiar with a lot of the people who do the acting unless they're known actors already. Yeah, you know? like, spoiler warning for this, I put no one from, like, any sort of Disney movies or anything on here. Or any anime, like, really any animated, like, movie people on here at all. Just Josh, because... Josh, I don't think that will come to as a shock to anybody who's listening. Um, because it really, it's like... You have like they're basically one and done in movies. In some cases. In some cases. The, the people I've got, I think I've only got 
Well, two out of my five, as far as I know, are one and done. Like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I thought he was a great young Simba. He's like in half a movie. Matthew Broderick, really good older Simba. He's in Lion King 2, Lion King a half, and then a couple episodes of Timon and Pumbaa, and that's it. Yeah, but let's be honest. James Earl Jones and Jeremy Irons are the real Is Jeremy Irons in any other Disney anything? I don't care. He's Scar. He's in Aragon. Was that Disney? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know who made that movie. I think that was Disney. I want to say it was like Disney Hyperion. Really? I think so. I don't I know. Didn't, I, think, I didn't I think watch Hyperion it. I don't know. Books. I know Hyperion did the books. Yeah, so it was Disney. I think the thing is Disney. Hmm. Interesting. Something uh, no one cares because it was Aragon and it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I get to start it off because I do. went for. 20 minutes last week. Are you going to contain yourself this time? Or do we have another two pages of honorable mentions? Oh, we could have had two pages of honorable mentions. I bet we could have. But I was a good boy this week. Okay. So, for my number five, starting off with an anime voice actress, Brittany Karbowski. Brittany. Yeah. I don't know Brittany. Yeah, no. I should have had you listen to all of my people. But she's, yeah, she's really good. She usually plays, uh, she like, uh, really like a tomboy character, Uh kind of that sassy character who's kind of like in your face a lot. Like, um, for instance, she plays, uh, Black Star in, uh, Soul Eater, which you've never seen Soul Eater. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a... But I'm glad you pointed at me when you said it. Uh, yeah. (laughs) She (laughs) plays, uh, she also plays little, like, like, Black Star's a boy. Oh, so okay. she kind of plays, like, so she can do that tomboy, so she can do that little sure. boy well, voice. Well, famously the voice for um, Bart Simpson. Uh, what's her name? It, it's a woman that does Bart yeah. Simpson. Same God, thing with what Ash. Is her name? Ash is a voice I actress. I think of her name. Oh, she's, really? She's done a little boy for like, she did a little boy for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Same thing with Tommy Pickles. Tommy Pickles voice actor, it has a voice actress. I don't know who Tommy Pickles is. Rugrats. I never watched Rugrats. A little Rugrats. ball one. Blue shirt, diaper. Yeah, no, sorry. Diapy, whatever. No. Um... Yeah, she's also uh, Alice in High School of the Dead. You don't know that. Um, <laughs> Makoto Misaka from a certain scientific railgun and a certain magical index. Don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> she plays uh, Yamada from Bigata HK, Yamada's First Time. That one, she gets a little bit randy. Okay. That's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. All right. Uh, she's also uh, Cal. Are you going to be naming the entire filmography not, not her for whole all of your voice actors? No. But she also plays Cal in Phantom Requiem of the Phantom, which is basically Wait. yeah, I know, which is basically <laughs> like a the second season really is like almost a ripoff of The Professional. Okay. With um. I can't remember the, the French guy from Jean Reno. Jean Reno. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, the French guy the from French God, guy. the French guy from Godzilla. Uh, I don't that remember one. him in that. Yeah, because basically our main character in that one becomes Jean Reno, the professional, mm-hmm. yeah. and he gets this little girl who has nowhere to go, gotcha. who is Cal, mm-hmm. and trains her to be a hitman and everything like that. So they basically rip off the professional. Even that little bit, when remember when he tries to make her smile in that movie, and he has the little oven mitt pig, and he goes oink, 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 not. makes it talk? They have a little oven Same mitt pig, thing. and yeah, it's like really, really good. Rip off. Fine. Guns. So, um, that was ten minutes long. Um, sit back, guys. This is going to be another long one, apparently. I hate you, Gavin. <laughs> no, man. Have your fun. Go for it. 
All right, is it my turn now, though? Yeah. Okay. No, you're fine, dude. Uh, number five for me, and I, I'm probably going to just destroy this name, but I'm going to give it my best. Makoto Iwamatsu. Do you know who that is? No. Well, he basically played about a thousand different Korean characters in the show MASH, which I know you love. So anytime the like guy came with his cart peddling wares, that was him. Any guy that came and like Dude, there were offered a, them there girls were, for the night, that was him. There were a lot of him. Koreans in MASH. Yeah, and they were reused over and over and over in a bunch of different roles. Not well, Rosie. He did. Oh, yeah, Rosie's, <laughs> Rosie's cool. But he did a bunch of those roles. But what I'm nominating him here for is one of my favorite all-time villains from Samurai Jack. He's the voice of Aku. Oh, that means he's also the voice of General Iroh in Avatar The Last Airbender. That's correct. Okay. You got it, yeah. I couldn't um, remember his first name. Yeah, he his voice work yeah. His voice work in a, as Aku is stupendous. I love that he brings such fury and comedy to it. I just I think he's phenomenal. He's he's really good. He's got that great voice that's so recognizable. And yeah, he's my number five. Nice. I I like that pick. I like Thanks. that pick. I, I appreciate completely it. forgot about him, and it sucks because I'm watching Avatar. I know. And I completely <laughs> forgot about him. I didn't know he was in Avatar, and I saw it when I was looking up my list. I was like, oh, here's a little treat for Josh. Um, my number four. God, I'm gonna butcher his name. Um, I think it's Will Friedel. Fredel Friedel. Sure. Uh, he was uh, Eric in The Little Mermaid. No, God, oh. I hate you so much. He was in. Uh, he was Eric in uh, Boy Meets World. Corey's brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but yeah, he's uh, also plays uh, Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. Oh okay. Um, he is I never of saw course that. Ron Stoppable in Kim Possible. Mm, never so seen that. One of my fa- oh, God, you're. Pointless. He's lying. Okay, remember when I told you that they made a, they redid the Thundercats and kind of <laughs> gave it like an anime esque? Yeah. He was Lion-O. Okay. And he was a really, really good Lion-O. Nice. And I think he, he also plays uh, Deadpool. And is that all he's doing now? Is, is voice acting? Yeah, not, much. not to demean voice acting in any way, but I'm just saying because I, mean, I haven't seen him in any um, films or yeah, TV shows. Yeah, I haven't seen him in any films either. Okay. Not for a while at least. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember actor. what his voice sounds like. Um plays deadpool yeah I, I haven't seen any of those yeah, things you right. mentioned so interesting man interesting all that's, my people again pete even does disney things well i know but i don't i haven't seen every disney is a huge universe unto itself i haven't seen everything you haven't seen everything you've seen more than i have but you haven't seen everything like, don't insult me sir. all right back to me yes all right my number four is an actor called terry thomas He's an English comedian, and in for Disney fans, he's most famous for his role as Sir Hiss in Robin Hood. He's also Winnie the Pooh. I love no, that's that's a different that's a different actor. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It's very similar, okay. and and a lot of his uh, Sir Hiss was basically inspired by Ka from Jungle Book, and that is the same oh, that's person that I mean. did Winnie yeah, the Pooh. Ka. Yeah, Ka is the same sorry, person. Yeah. It's the same character. I don't recall that guy's it's name, the same but. Movie. I adore his performance in Robin Hood. I think he is one of the best sidekicks in any movie, and he's hilarious. I, I really like what he does there. So that's my pick for number four. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I thought he was going to, he plays Wallace and Wallace and Gromit. Nope. That'll probably come later. 
actually the actor that plays Wallace, that's just his voice. And he's in um, several different British television shows. And I, I don't remember it right now, but I was watching one one time and I didn't know who it was, but this guy comes into the room and he begins talking and I just about fell over. I was like, that's Wallace. Oh my God. Were you watching coupling? And I looked at, no, I wasn't coupling. And I looked it up and sure enough, it was the guy that does Wallace and it's just his voice. It's got a very unique voice. Wasn't Gavin and Stacy? No, no, no. It was an older show from like the eighties or seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not something from now. Or no. those are, those shows aren't from now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, my number three. We're gonna sit back again. Uh oh. We're gonna go. Brina Palencia. I'm not a thousand percent sure that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. But she is one of my favorite female voice actresses of all time. Wow. She does little boy characters, but she can also flip that and be a a female character. I mean, that seems weird to say, (laughs) but she can do little boy and then completely transition that into, you know, like older boy. And then she can also be beautiful fair maiden the whole entire time. She's great. Um, Like she plays CL Phantomheim in Black Butler. Uh, I think Charlie was watching that. I have seen a little bit of that. But she doesn't watch dubs. I don't know. Well, oh, she that's does true. an English accent the whole time. Oh, it's nice. fantastic. Um, Isn't it supposed to be English? Yeah, it's, it's all yeah. England. They're okay. in England. That's what I thought. Which I'm like, if you don't get any of the accents if you watch it in Japanese. That's why you have to watch the Funimation dub when they all they're all English and they Although all do could bad they be accents. doing English accents in Japanese? I don't and we know just how. Can't tell? I don't know how you can tell that. Well, surely they put on accents when they do TV shows and movies in Japan. Right, but you have like to we say, do. But you just have to say it in English, though. You know what I mean? Because like it's it's an English accent. Like we can do. I mean, it's easy for us to do it because well, yeah, it's an no, English be, accent. Because you have to say it in English. Okay, though. but but okay. Let's let's use French as an example. Yeah. So we put on a French accent based on when we hear native French speakers speak English. Speak English, yeah. So when they hear somebody speak, a French speaker goes to Japan and learns Japanese and speaks Japanese. They must speak it with some sort of a French accent in most cases. I, yeah. So what I'm asking is I feel like they must put on their own accents. I'm sure So there maybe are. they I've do never, and you just can't tell. Yeah. It's such a different sounding language with such a different cadence and rhythm to it that I think it would be very hard for us to identify if they even were. Because like, I've watched Hitalia in Japanese and you really can't tell. I mean there's the different voices. Is that the one with the voices. different countries? That's a different country. Okay. But – you can't like I couldn't differentiate. Maybe that's accents. not a thing that they do. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, but if you watch the Funimation dub, they make it super bad. <laughs> like it's like really <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, I've heard. Um, but yeah, she's also a uh, chopper in One Piece. In the new, even get like the rebuilds of Evangelion, mm-hmm. where they're just putting the whole entire series and making it into a movie. She plays Ray. Which one's Ray? Ayanami, though. It's been too long since I've seen light blue haired one. Oh, okay. The one that Shinji likes before yeah. he, you know, gets with Asuka. Yeah. Which is okay. the way it should be forever and always. <laughs> um, yeah, she's yeah, she's all she actually does a little bit of. They all kind of do, you know, live action stuff. But she was in this uh, show that got canceled on the CW called Starcrossed. She was also mm-hmm. in an episode of The Walking Dead. She got eaten. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, all they found was her leg. If you say somebody was on an episode of a show like yeah. that, <laughs> she was on an episode. They of did. Dead. Yeah. 
She did that episode with uh, her when the penguin was on there, but you don't know the penguin. Are you? Yeah. Sean no. Peter, I forget. No, I don't watch that What's show. your number three, Gavin? <laughs> All right. My number three is the guy who's really making a name for himself in this industry over the last several years. Tom Hanks. No. Uh, Alan Tudyk. Okay. Because that guy is doing everything. Everything. I mean, the he sun. he did uh, King Candy. So he goes from King Candy, and then he in, Liam, in Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, doing insert, King Candy. He now. does a really good King Candy. It's really good. And then he goes from that to doing Alistair Cray in Big Hero Six, which is totally different. And now in Moana, he's doing the chicken. He's doing Hey Hey. He's also in Zootopia. He's in Zootopia. I mean, he's in a million other movies, but Star I think Wars just those three evil. show such an incredible breadth of voice work and i just think he's well he was um duke weaselton in um, zootopia no he was the uh, duke, was the of, duke weselton of weaselton in frozen he was duke weaselton in zootopia. in zootopia and he sounded like um steve buscemi he remember did. we went so we, when that buscemi. movie em- ended we thought it was Steve Buscemi. Yeah, we were like, like I didn't know. Teddy, you're like, yeah. what? And I don't know if he was trying to sound like him or not, but he, he did to us. But he, he – you if you don't know he's in a movie and he does a voice, you don't know that it's him. Like he he is truly transforming his voice and becoming different characters, and it's incredible. Like he's super talented. His, his voice acting is like a leaf on the wind. You just have to watch how it soars. Yeah. To me, on my list, he's – actually the second most talented even though i don't have him in the two spot um he's man he's supremely talented that was so right good. over your head didn't it i i didn't even hear what you said um he's a leaf on the wind watch how he soars yeah i don't it's know that washes one of washes lines from serenity like he says oh. that right before he gets you know <clears throat> i'll be honest i thought serenity was pretty weak i love firefly but i i didn't really care for my number two because i'm done with you now <laughs> my number two is going to be joshua seth joshua seth and what 100 roles has he done um the only one i wrote down was the only one that <laughs> yes. matters the only one that matters to me is he plays taikami in digimon he's okay. one of the he's probably the first voice actor that i actually went and learned his name really just because like i grew up with him watching mm-hmm. him on digimon mm-hmm. and you know in the movie and everything like that I didn't know, care or anything about voice actors mm-hmm. until I just happened to watch the credits in the Digimon movie. I'm like, oh, his name's Josh. That's cool. Nice. So it was like Joshua Seth. So he's like one of the only ones that I knew for a long time. I was like, oh yeah, Joshua Seth plays a tie in Digimon. You yeah. Know, yeah. In case that ever pops up on Jeopardy, <laughs> I'll know it. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. And but, but yeah, even I, though if it does, it doesn't matter unless you're on Jeopardy. Exactly. You gonna get on Jeopardy? I mean, if they have, like, an anime and cartoon Jeopardy, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go. You don't know anything else? Call Alex Trebek. I know a little bit of history. Okay. I know how to cook. Yeah, you do know cooking. I know how to, I know how to you know, BS my way through pretty much anything, so. Yeah. I can pretend. I can argue. Oh, uh, pretenders Trebek. always win on Jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> usually what happens. All right, my turn. Number two. Um, the great, the late great Phil Harris. Phil Harris is famous for playing Baloo the Bear, Thomas O'Malley from The Aristocrats, and Little John from Robin Hood. Now, he's not like Alan Tudyk in that he doesn't put on different voices. I know. He sounds like John Wayne. He he does sound a little like John yeah. Wayne. You're right. Yeah. But he sounds like Phil Harris and everything. 
but I love what he brings to each of those roles. He brings something different to each of them. And that's just because he's a good actor. And, uh, you know, he's just got that, that deep, rich voice that I love. And those three characters I love. And I don't know, he is one of the superstars of Disney voice actors. You know, he's so iconic and un- unmistakable. So, yeah. Phil Harris. That's a, that's a really good pick. Thank you. I like that one. I always thought he was John Wayne grow, like when I was growing up. Oh, really? I was like, oh, John Wayne. So that's <laughs> totally not John Wayne. That's amazing. Um, I uh, I only have two honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, my first one is uh, Jack uh, DeSena. DeSena? Mm-hmm. Butchering names. Um, he plays Sokka in Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. The only reason he made the list is he did a lot of improv when he was recording that stuff, mm-hmm. he's a comedian. So okay. he did a lot of improv. Kind of like with, the genie and Aladdin. Yeah, like with Sokka's okay. roles. Okay. Like a lot of his lines, they're, they're improv. And he just hits it out of the park. Like if they had really anybody else on there, probably would, I mean, it would have been good, but I mean, probably wouldn't have been as good because the writing for him was phenomenal. But his mm-hmm. line delivery, the little stuff he adds, like brought that character to life. Yeah. So, and he really hasn't done a lot of, voice acting he's done some stuff here and there um i think he still does stuff for uh i think either nickelodeon or the disney channel he still Mm kind of does stuff for but just hit when his portrayal of Sokka in the whole entire series is fantastic um chris hardwick also voices Sokka later on in seriously yeah it's like (laughs) i saw that i was like chris hardwick really wow hmm Good for you, <laughs> Mr. Talking he, Dead. I didn't know he did anything like that. Um, Interesting. My other honorable mention, she almost made my list. She was this close to making my list. Josh just held up two fingers half an inch apart. This close now. Ooh, a millimeter like they're, apart. They're, it's so close that they're technically touching. Um, wow. Is Cassandra Lee Morris. Mm-hmm. And we actually just listened to her. She's the one that plays Padma. Oh, yeah. She did a great job. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got some of her stuff. You know, sit down. Go ahead. Um, she plays Sugu and Lifa in Sword Art Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also plays Taiga in Toradora. She's – oh, yeah. She's uh, Atra in Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, which is a did Gundam. Did you – yeah. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, and she plays uh, Natsuki, who is one of the main heroines in that anime that I was telling you about that I watched last night, that Psychic School Wars. Oh, oh okay. And she is such a good actress. When mm-hmm. she cries, it makes me sad inside. Wow. Like, she can cry so well that I'm just – like, it tears me inside because she makes it so believable. Mm-hmm. She, she does that whole thing, too, where she plays tomboys. And stuff okay. like, like Padma, she, you know, kind of, kind of a little bit of a yeah, tomboy, a bit. but so she can give you that, eh, I'm kind of angry, but then she can also be super duper sweet mm-hmm. and like turn it on a dime. She's fantastic. I, I kind of wish I would have put her at number, at least on my list, just because mm-hmm. I really, really like her. I'm, I'm sorry to say you've already chiseled these into a stone tablet. I and know. there are no erasers in stone tablets. Well, it is in pen, so, I mean, unless I have one of those <laughs> weird erasable pens. Yeah. That sucks. Those are weird. They really just tear up the paper. They do. 
All right, so bring us your one, number one. My number one. Would you like to hazard a wild guess yeah, at who your, my number one it's is? It's your boy Johnny. It's my boy Johnny Young Bosch. Yeah. Uh, good old Adam from the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a Black Ranger. Pretty cool. Bash the Stampede. Uh, he's Kaneda in uh, Akira. Did you ever watch Akira? Yeah, I watched that yeah, a few Kaneda. years ago. Yeah. Okay. And that may, fact, that may be one we should put on our list because it's so iconic. Uh, Joshua Seth, my number two, is Tetsuo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he also plays Izaya Orihara in Dur... Dur... Durahara. Dur... Yeah, Dur... Dur, dur, ra, 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 ra. dur It's just dur. Just go okay. with dur. Um, he also is Lelouch v. Britannia in Code Geass, Lelouch wow. of the Rebellion. But I feel Jim like your top fives are always tongue twisters, man. Like, what do you mean? Mine, mine are like Phil Harris played Baloo. Yours are like crazy syllables that I've Johnny never Ong heard. Bosch. Okay, yeah, and then you list his the uh, his, characters his character and the things he did. Lelouch v. Britannia. It's like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah, you know you're a complicated mean, man, I'm Josh crazy. Kane. Well, dude, uh, most of my characters are anime people, so they've got that's weird true. names. Not weird, I, just foreign. Well, some of them are made up. Like, who names their kid Lelouch? I don't know. It's like a French name, but he's like the <laughs> king of Britain. Maybe it makes French no people? sense. Okay. <laughs> he's like Jean-Luc Picard. It's like, is he French? No, he's from Detroit. But actually, he's from England. We don't know where he's from. <laughs> he's from space. He's from space. No, okay, he's, he's so from Earth. He was, in that, he was born in that vineyard. I had a hard time coming up with my list. Um, I'm not really overly familiar with voice actors. And, you know, in the movies, even the movies that I love, like, I don't know that I... Well... I know who did Jiminy Cricket, but I don't know anybody else in Pinocchio, I don't think. And, you know, movies that I love, I don't necessarily know who did the voices. I just know that I love them. So this was a little bit trickier for me than it was for Josh. But, I mean, I thought of people like Robin Williams as the genie. But, you know, that was just him being him and improv most of the time. And, you know, so I didn't really feel like that was... Um, and I don't know. I don't know much about the skill of voice acting, but I thought that wasn't quite what I was going for with my list. And then I also thought of Jeremy Irons because I think his performance as Scar is unbelievably it's good. So good. I, I just think he uses that that deep, rich voice of his to be perfectly evil, and he gets like growls, and uh, I just I really like what he does in that role. So those are my two honorable mentions, and my number one is what I would consider, at least um, in American animation, the king of all is Mel Blanc, the okay. guy who did Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny and Daffy and my favorite Looney Tunes character, Yosemite Sam. And, I mean, he did a million. He did Marvin the Martian. He did so many different characters. I mean, he's known as the man of a thousand voices. And, you know, the the differences between those the sounds of those characters is so broad. It's amazing that all those voices came out of one person. I mean, he did the Tasmanian devil and he did the Roadrunner, who just makes that weird little noise, you know, I mean, he, he just did it all. And he really is a huge reason 
for the success of Looney Tunes in those golden years. And, you know, I think he really is um, iconic. And to me, he kind of stands atop the heap and, you know, just gave us so many things, so many things that I grew up with and love. You know, I, I always watched the, the Looney Tunes. You know, I didn't watch all of the iconic things that were on in my time, but I always watched the Looney Tunes. And I love those characters and I love all their voices. And he's, and I, you know, found out as an adult that, oh my gosh, all these characters that I love, it's the same guy doing the voice. That's crazy to me and impressive. He's my number one. Nice. I like it. It's yeah. pretty good. Before we go into our special announcement, your socks are on wrong. <laughs> okay, so the, the socks that I'm wearing are little ankle socks, and they're, um, interestingly, they're identically symmetrical, these pairs of socks that I bought, but they all have either an R or an L on them. Supposedly, you're supposed to put one on the right foot, one on the left foot, yeah. but they're identical. There is no shaping difference between the two socks, and... In this case, I have them on opposite feet. Makes no difference. My stride line socks are like that too. Mm -hmm. um, but the only reason they do that is so, like the design that's on them. Well, yours doesn't matter. These are, these are, are no ankles. show socks. Yours yeah. don't matter. But mine are, you know, like long socks. Like they're not really dress socks, but, you know, they're just right. long. So they have the design. So you want the design facing other people. You don't want them pointing at your other calf, you know? Like that? That, that's that on, on, that's both, on sides. both sides. Okay. Yeah, these are my swag socks. Yeah, so dude. that's the thing, though. If it's a big design on the side, you can just look at the side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't why know do why, you I don't know why those are like that. That's yeah, weird. these are weird. Anyway, fashion tips from Josh and Gavin. Yeah, make sure you so, put your R socks on R and your L socks on L. Yeah, or not. Do whatever you want with your socks. Let's talk hands. about our special giveaway. Yes, this is something that... We did it before. We did, you know, something similar before. Yeah. But this time, we're gonna do it a little bit different. A little bit We've different. Got some extra stuff this time. Yeah. So we are giving away a prize package, and mm -hmm. it's fairly epic. And really, guys, this is just our way of saying thanks. So it's gonna be a Thanksgiving giveaway. Get it? And it's thanks. to say thanks to all of our listeners for listening and liking and subscribing and of course interacting with us sending us your comments and having conversations with us on instagram and facebook and twitter and you know just to give back to you guys um for you know continuing to stay on board with us and you know interact with us uh, we wanted to do this giveaway okay so this giveaway is going to happen on thanks the the monday after thanksgiving yes so um, what we're going to be doing on that episode is we're going to be discussing a Disney classic, Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And so it's a Beauty and the Beast themed, themed prize package. And it will include the following. A Blu-ray Beauty and the Beast 25th Anniversary Edition. That's the Blu-ray DVD combo pack too, right? It sure is. So in case you don't have a Blu-ray player. It also has the, the DVD and I'm sure it comes with the digital it Play also anywhere probably comes code. with the VHS. <laughs> I don't think it does that. And Brittany. Yeah. And uh, it will also include a Lumiere Funko Pop figure. And, and it will also include a Cogsworth Sum Sum. The the little the fluffy oh, kind, yeah, not the plastic kind, it. the fluffy kind, which I like the best. 
And in addition to that, you'll get an animation station button. Boom. Hey, hey. Just drop it. We're done. <laughs> And that's, then, like, that's at least $17 oh, right there, yeah, the button. At least, yeah. And then there will also be included another little surprise for you, which we'll reveal when we reveal the winner. So you're asking yourself, how do I get a chance to win this prize package? So say I'm a listener. Gavin, <laughs> how do I win this awesome prize pack? Well, hi, listener. I'll tell you right now. Don't call me listener. So I have a name. So basically, Josh Listener... We want you to we're gonna we're gonna put out a post specifically for this giveaway. We're gonna put it out on this today, the day that you're downloading this and listening to it. So Monday, the seventh. <laughs> Monday the seventh. We're gonna put a post up um, on Instagram and Twitter. And your job to enter this giveaway is to be following us on one of those. And to repost or retweet that post to your feed and hashtag it with hashtag ASP thanks. And if you do those things, so you repost our post, you hashtag it with that ASP thanks, and you're following us, that gets you a chance. If you do this on both Instagram and Twitter, I'll give you two chances. So that's how you enter. And you have until Black Friday... November 25th to enter this giveaway. So we'll send out reminders on the next two episodes that follow this. Mm -hmm. And we want to get everybody, all of our listeners, new and old, involved. If you've won before, you can enter again. Just, you know, help us spread the word of the animation station. And, you know, as thanks for that, we're going to give you this amazing prize package. It's shaping up to be a really good November. Yeah. Like what we're recording on Saturday and Sunday of mm -hmm. next week. Yeah, we got some special We've treats got some really for you. Cool stuff. And then with this prize pack. And with Moana and coming with Moana. out. We're going to do gosh, a cartoon cafe. Ridiculous. This is going to be a fun big month. I think we had a really great themed month in October that was, you know, that was successful and we had a good time doing it. But I think November is packed with events kind of for mm -hmm. us. So it's going to be a fun, fun month. And. Stay tuned all month long for more surprises. Yep. I have something special that I kind of want to say real quick. Um, Rooster Teeth. Uh, you, you know, you're kind of familiar yeah. with Rooster mm -hmm. Teeth. Uh, they do a thing every year where it's uh, a charity gaming event um, called Extra Life. Mm -hmm. And they basically play video games and do all kinds of crazy stuff for 24 hours. So it's 8 a.m. Saturday the 12th through 8 a.m. Sunday the 13th. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be streaming for 24 hours, games, all that stuff. And all the money that they make is going towards charity. So it's going towards the – It's uh, they, they play for a specific children's hospital. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to donate to them, you can donate. Again, all of it goes to the, uh, the Children's Miracle Network. Right. Um. What you can also do, like if you don't want to donate, because I think they do something for the Dale Children's Home in Austin. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to donate to – you can still donate to them, mm -hmm. but you can actually choose a local hospital, uh, like children's hospital in your area. Oh, that's so, nice. So like what I do is I go and I do 20 bucks to – we've got the uh, – not the Shriners. What's the one here in Oklahoma City? I don't know what it's called. It's one of them. There's like one of them that's on that list, so mm -hmm. I, I click that one. Um, also what they do on their website 
is they have they usually always have a poster, a special poster that you can only get for the 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It's exclusive. Like this one right here, this achievement hunter is the one that's like oh, yeah. the X Men. Yeah, that was uh, their very first okay poster. Okay, and I've gotten all of them since they started doing those. Um, but this year they're also doing something a little bit different. They're also doing a T-shirt. Nice. So if you don't want to go through the hassle of you know having to go in, do your credit card, having to choose a specific hospital that you want it to, mm -hmm. you can buy a shirt, buy a poster. Posters are ten bucks. Shirt they haven't. They, this first time they're doing, they'll probably be like fifteen. Mm -hmm. You can buy that. You get some free. I mean, not some free. You get some cool stuff with your purchase. All of that goes towards. The, one of their charities. The charities. Yeah. So that's cool. They don't make any money off of it, and I think for the last two years in a row, they've been the number one contributor. Like I think last year it was like seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars that they donated. Wow. It's ridiculous, that's but cool. everything goes to a good cause. I know I'm going to be watching the streams pretty much all of Saturday. <laughs> Because, I mean, we're getting a new president on Tuesday, so who knows what's going to happen. Might as yep. well get my fun stuff in now. <laughs> so gonna, I'm basically going to watch that until we have to do some uh, stuff a little, a little bit later on in the sure, evening. Sure. But, yeah, I'm going to be glued to my All right. Cool. To my TV. So go support Rooster Teeth. Yep. Woohoo. The end. Yeah, I didn't have anything to go with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well... Gavin, where can all the wonderful listeners find you if they want to keep in touch? Well, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gavin Audison Art. What about you? Um, you can find me at Josh L. Kane on Twitter and Instagram. And where can they find the Animation Station podcast? Find the Animation Station podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. You can join the Facebook group. I think that's just Animation Station Podcast. Mm -hmm. You can go to our website, which is www.animationstationpodcast.com, so you kind of see the thing Excellent. where it's just yeah. animation Except station podcast. doesn't it change when it gets to Twitter? And then when you go to Twitter, because you can't <laughs> fit all that in there, it's just animate podcast. Right. And then, of course, you can download and subscribe to our episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Correct. Um, you can also, like, if you don't have a phone, for whatever reason, a smartphone. Because you're weird. You're weird. Or, you know, you live in the boonies. Don't have any, you know, cell reception. Yeah, that's you true. can go on to the website at animationstationfocus.com and you can actually listen to all of our episodes in the browser as well. Nice. Excellent. Okay. Well, right, that about wraps it up. Yeah. I think we're ready to get out of here. All right. Watch I'm for that post. It's really, really hot right now. Okay. Let's cool you and off, it's Josh. Warm in here. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. <laughs>